0: Welcome to So Emo, I Fell Apart. This is a podcast dedicated to all things emo and pop punk for the Naughty Audies. And today, I'm one of your hosts, Rhea.
1: And I am your other host, Chloe.
0: And Chloe, what are we getting into today?
1: Today, we are literally getting so emo that we fall apart.
0: Because mm-hmm, Pete has his fucking kung fu vice grip on us.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> and we're going to pieces. <laughs> we're talking about Fall Out Boy's uh, brand new album, So Much for Stardust. Which came which out? Which just came
0: out yesterday, yesterday yeah. as of this time of recording, mm-hmm. uh, March twenty fourth, a Friday. Yeah, an Aries.
1: <laughs> we love an Aries. My mom's an Aries.
0: So is my mom. My mom is also an Aries. Oh my god, That explains a lot about it, both of us. It really does. <laughs> anyway, besides Lisa and Judy, um, <laughs> mm-hmm. this is our first follow-up boy album since Mania in twenty eighteen. Mm-hmm. if we aren't counting their second grace hits album which came out in 2019 which that album did have two previously unreleased songs which was hands up Dear future self and bob dylan they also had a collab with little peep and i love makinen and in full transparency with this podcast episode we were mm-hmm. recording for around nine minutes beforehand and my mic wasn't recording apparently um and i had a brief mention of a story that i listened to the little peep and I Love Makinen collab for the first time ever yesterday because in preparation for this podcast, I, not just podcast, but like just listening to the new album in general, I wanted to do the full like start at Fall Out Boys, beginning discography, work Mm -hmm. my way in chronological order and then listen to the new album. Um, So this is the first time I heard this song and I had a bad time with it.
1: Yeah, it's, I like Patrick's part of that song and like, rest in peace, little peep. I can't do the yelling and like the wine yelling it's just yeah. like it's not a good sound for for me i'm sure someone out there really really likes that
0: i'm sure someone out there loves it i was hosting I a shabbat <laughs> dinner yesterday mm-hmm. and my friends who came over to do shabbat with us also love fall out boys so they arrived during the like around save rock and roll american beauty american psycho mm-hmm. era part of it and then towards the end of the night we were playing scrabble and we had gotten to the greatest hits songs mm-hmm. And we were all collectively got to the collaboration song and we were like, We can't do this. Yeah. We gotta skip it. We can't be forming words while someone is screaming. No, <laughs> it's background. just like
1: it's not conducive yeah. to it. The the two songs from the Greatest Hits album I do really like though.
0: Yeah, those are great. That was wonderful. The collab itself, that was a little rough. Mm-hmm. But that was honestly a perfect primed me from that to go from the disappointment of a collaboration to a wonderful album. Yes. <laughs> It's. It was so uh, fucking good.
1: Yeah, it's what you needed.
0: It's what I needed.
1: And it's an album that they've been hyping up for us for, in three days, it will have been five months since they started <gasps> promoing this album.
0: <laughs> the Passage of Time is one wretched and awful... Mm -hmm. secondly this was like a major test in patience for me because i've gotten so accustomed to being in the pop punk not pop punk well always pop punk but k-pop sphere where people announce a comeback if you're lucky a month and a half ahead of time with like a whole comeback schedule and they kind of like bum rush going to and speed run getting to a comeback and then promotions are for two weeks and then you're done Mm kind of thing so a five month long like teaser period was a test in my patience and also just proof to me that fallout boy will always have my attention mm-hmm. when it comes to cool shit absolutely and that i will the whole like attention economy thing that k-pop has like rotted my brain with apparently does not apply with fallout boy which is good to know yeah and
1: it helps that they're also doing like they've always done their promo like differently from how everyone else is doing it like For sure From, like, Fully Ado having, like, that whole ARG that was, like, themed around the U.S. election. Mm -hmm. And then this, which was, like, this very, like, it was all very analog. Like, the first ad for this album appeared on Monday, November 28th. And it was a full-page ad in the Chicago Tribune newspaper. And it was just, like, an all-black page with the words FOB8. And if you build it, they will come, which is a quote from Field of Dreams. So, automatically, they're like doing this completely offline, basically, Mm -hmm. which, like, it's so them. And I think it also fits what this album turned out to be.
0: Absolutely. And I'm sure that all of our listeners are aware of this, but Mm -hmm. Fall Out Boy is famously a Chicago band. Yeah. It is incredibly important for their entire soundscape their career trajectory how their music has been informed is that they're from chicago Mm -hmm. so it's like a big deal that it was an analog thing in a chicago newspaper yeah that's very fun and it was a very much a hometown homecoming Mm -hmm. for them despite all of them i think living in la yeah
1: if not la then like southern california like they're all out there i think i don't know if andy is
0: It wouldn't surprise me if Andy was still in, like, the Midwest. I don't know. He's so private that, frankly, even if his place of residence was public information, I'm not going to look for it at a reference for how Howshiny. Oh, well, absolutely.
1: (laughs) No, that's... I learned this week for the first time that he has three chihuahuas. Like... And I, like, (laughs) I want Andy on social media to specifically because I want him to post pictures of those chihuahuas that's it like don't interact with anybody don't talk to anybody don't do anything. just post a picture of your dog um,
0: completely restricted every single day that's it that's all I need three chihuahuas is a lot of chihuahuas
1: yeah like I'm and like I saw Pete say that in an interview he was like yeah we've all got kids except for Andy who has three chihuahuas and I'm like looking up his fiance on Twitter like has she posted pictures of the dogs where are the dogs <laughs> and like I don't know I'm not seeing people posting them. I want to see them. Andrew, come on. Yeah. Be serious. That was that was an aside. I just I just want to see those dogs. Yeah. No, the Chihuahuas
0: are really important. No, yeah. that, that was a really important part of the podcast. <laughs> for sure. I think so, too. Listen, I think to the Chihuahuas are arguably more important than me disliking a song on their Gray album that I listened to during Shabbat dinner. So. No, I think we have to keep that in, too. Okay.
1: Shabbat is important.
0: Shabbat is important. Yeah. It's important to listen to Fall Out Boy on Shabbat with your friends. Exactly. Out of respect for Joe Truman. Just you know? like
1: they did in the olden days. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> out of respect
0: for Joe Truman. It is a mitzvah to listen to Fall Out Boy on Shabbat because of Joe Truman.
1: Exactly. There we go. We got there. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> I'm trying to like, be like Shabbat Shalom, but like Troman Shalom. I don't know. It's not... <laughs> The
1: wordsmithing is not working. Shabbat well Sh- right Troman.
0: is that sure. anything? No,
1: it's not. I think that's mostly what I said. Fuck yeah! It, okay, we. know <laughs> what? We're moving off from this bit. We have it's to go. Good. Okay, we have to go. We have to talk about the postcards. <laughs> so, following the newspaper ad, uh, fans began receiving postcards in the same font as the ad with uh, the same. Little yin-yang, frowny smiley face up in the top corner as well. And the postcards read, I saw you in a bright clear field, hurricane heat in my head, the kind of pain you feel to get good in the end. Inscribed like stone and faded by the rain, give up what you love, give up what you love before it does you in. Which we now know are lyrics to Love from the Other Side. Mm
0: -hmm. And those lyrics do read like Pete Wentz Live Journal 3am. Classic. Glory Day classics. We're talking Mm -hmm. about, like, you know, the Iliad of pop punk lyrics right now. (laughs)
1: Yeah. This is like, I would like log on to, like, Ice Cream Headaches Live Journal community and see someone say, like, oh, the secret blog spot updated again. And, like, this is something I would read
0: there. Like, exactly. That was the vibe. So it was, it was extremely, like, oh my God. Yeah. They're back. And even more talking about, like, a secret blog entry at the bottom of the postcards was a URL linking, not linking to because it's, a piece of paper but yeah. you know what i mean uh <laughs> sending my love from pinkshellbeach.com so again fall boy loves to make a little website mm-hmm. url has nothing to do with actual fall boy but then leads to a fall boy related thing mm-hmm. and they love it they live for that shit
1: it's their favorite so you get to this url and you're greeted with welcome to pink seashell beach take pleasure in the details. Instead of a dot over the eye, there is a little baseball. And there's also a photo of a big pink seashell, like a clamshell uh, that says the answers are all inside this with also the same font. And it was also the same image that was on the postcards that got sent out to everybody.
0: Classic, classic maneuver to be, take pleasure in the details. Mm -hmm. You're like, all right, you want to play a little game.
1: It's so clever because it's really like, Yes, this is a quote from Reality Bites, which is where Mm -hmm. Pink Seashell Beach comes from. But it's also like a direction, like click around this website, see what you can find.
0: They really built a point and click adventure for the hags.
1: Yeah, exactly. It was like, thank God, like a band is giving me a fun little mystery to solve before I get to listen to their music.
0: We are but merely... The victims of Jigsaw's Trap, which is Pete Wentz and promotional material for Fall Out Boy.
1: Exactly. I mean, this is also just like, I don't think this would work with any other band's fan base where Pete will like log on to Instagram and be like, Hi everyone, I've watched a movie. And everyone's like, Fuck, it's go time. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: not normal behavior.
1: He has trained us all so well uh that we all know that that means something. So clicking on the seashell would cause your entire screen to go black, uh, showing only the words, if you build it, they will come written in Japanese. And checking the source code revealed an ASCII image with the same smiley face, yin-yang logo, as well as the text, Pink Seashell Beach, a red herring company.
0: (laughs) You fucking piece of shit.
1: They're so fun. They're so fun. I love them so much. And there was also a button that said "Do not open before Christmas," and when you clicked on Which that, <laughs> made me insane. Yeah, I was going nuts
0: because that's a uh, call back to the opening track from "Front of the Cork Tree." Our lawyer made a change the name of the song so we wouldn't get sued. So, you know, exactly that one was for the the old the oldies. Um,
1: so, like you see, "Do not open before Christmas." I'm like, okay, like. Yeah, it's 2005. Let's fucking go. Yeah. And clicking on that would give you the text, I'd never go, I just want to be invited.
0: Which we now know is another lyric. Yes. From this album. Yeah. Do Not Open Before
1: Christmas also gave us a clue to come back to the website on Christmas Day. And Mm -hmm. checking the official YouTube listing for Our Lawyers Made Us Change the Name of This Song So We Wouldn't Get Sued revealed that the release date had been changed to January 1st, 2005. And this actually seemed to be true of, like, all of their songs. Like, the years stayed the same, but they all were changed to be released on January 1st.
0: That's insane. To yeah. Go your entire back catalog and just, you know... I
1: don't even know you how you the- would do that. Like, no, that's nuts. That gave us a second date to look forward to. So we knew Christmas is important. New Year's Day is important.
0: And so... On or around, like, December 1st, clicking the pink seashell on the website revealed a baseball inside the shell as well as the text. The beach was never real. None of it was. Which I love that the website didn't remain stagnant. It was a Mm -hmm. growing, evolving thing. Like, it wasn't just, like, a promotional website, you know, that they make for a movie in 2003. Mm -hmm. You know, it meant it was a hub for all the activity that was going to be going on with this album cycle. Mm -hmm. And then... On Christmas Day, Fall Boy posted the URL, sendingmylovefromtheotherside.com. So another website. We love mm-hmm. to see new websites pop up in our Web 3.0 that we're in. <laughs> so on all their official social media profiles, they posted this link, as well as a short claymation clip. And we love a return to analog forms of animation. Mm-hmm. Big. Yep. In our Lord's Year of like 2023 that, like, first of all, newspapers, we love print media. Mm -hmm. Love print media. We Mm -hmm. have our... We love postcards. Snail mail. Supporting USPS. It's always important to respect your postal service workers. Mm -hmm. Three. We have references to movies that came out in the 90s. Mm -hmm. Oldest shit. Referencing 2005. Going back to the olden days. Claymation. Gumby shit. Wallace and Gromit. Mm -hmm. The classics. Mm -hmm. We're all classics here. And I love that. Exactly. (laughs) No more no shit on tiktok thank god
1: (laughs) no and this is why i think it's so funny that you mentioned like web 3.0 and like how much of it is analog because like i i didn't find a source for this because i just like remembered it as you were talking about this but like pete said in an interview or like in a few interviews that the thinking with this album was like everything is so digital now everything has to be an NFT, like specifically said, everything has to be an NFT, that he wanted this album to feel like something that you can hold, which is why they did claymation, why they did this in a newspaper, why they did it with postcards, Mm -hmm. why like the album art itself is like an oil painting. And then the text is done in clay and then photographed like that. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it wasn't, made like they made it all very very physical and tactile as kind of like a push against how digital everything is now
0: exactly which is funny because they came up when digital social media was kicking off with myspace bands and you know live journal was the main format of how to talk to people etc etc it was a very Mm -hmm. early form of social media that is now turned into this like eldritch horror beast of, like, dystopian cyberpunk future bullshit that is miserable. Oh, absolutely. So seeing a band that benefited from early forms of social media kind of turn its back on that is really refreshing. And also, it is a, I feel like, almost a direct pushback to how TikTok is now utilized for marketing for musicians on major record labels, Mm -hmm. where, you know, record labels are pushing artists to not do as good quality of work because they want to be able to sell a song in 30 seconds or less and no, have absolutely. that 30 seconds be so important that it goes viral mm-hmm. and this feels like a direct protest to that form of viral marketing yeah on social media
1: and like i think it is worth noting that they do have like a tiktok presence and an instagram presence they posted some behind the scenes stuff and like they posted some teasers on there but, like, it's very much, like, this is extras, you know, rather this was than... for the
0: fans. <laughs> yeah,
1: rather than, like, okay, here's, like, the most, like, quotable part of our song that, like, you can very easily come up with, like, a reproducible dance that everyone can do for this. Like, listening to the clips that they posted, none of it is, like, oh, yeah, I can imagine, like, what dance this will be or, like, what the meme is going to be. Mm-hmm compared to like when the new Megan Trainer song dropped and it's like this was written in a fucking laboratory to become yeah. a viral TikTok sound for about a week mm-hmm. and that's it
0: like and she'll get millions off of that one week
1: yeah like they they are still taking advantage of social media as they always have but like they're they're using it differently from how other artists are i would say and for they're sure. definitely leaning more heavily into like analog media than mm-hmm. like many of their contemporaries for sure
0: yeah and going back to the claymation clip mm-hmm. their walls and grommet serve going to the website there is the short claymation clip and when you went to, to their website you would hear a full video of here watch a full video hello mm-hmm. and hear a short clip of a song which then turned out to be love from the other side and clicking around the website also revealed the text i'm in a winter mood which mm-hmm. is another lyric on the album yeah and then the other significant date that they dropped besides the christmas moment was january 1st that we you know we had been pointed towards in that direction mm-hmm. we received an email from follow boy which this was like a gut punch this was a like ice pick lobotomy yeah getting this in my email
1: <laughs> um so in like fuck the uh early days of tumblr Pete Wentz had a Tumblr blog called A Homeboy's Life, mm-hmm. where he would like post art and like selfies and talk about his clothing brand. He famously posted a photo of, I don't know how famous this is actually. This is might just be me thinking it's famous because I've made it <laughs> huge in my brain. A photo of him and Mikey Way uh at one of Pete's birthday parties. And it looks like they're mm-hmm, fully just like mm-hmm. in a Concrete room with no decoration. It's just yep. the two of them. And Gabe Saporta commented on it and said, fucked <laughs> up that you invited Mikey Way to your birthday okay. and not
0: me. <laughs> I have that is the honestly the most important interaction online from like band dudes to me <laughs> ever. I constantly it's reference it to fucking it's fucking invited Yeah. I have, I, I have made sure to have a screenshot of that saved on, like, every single hard drive I've ever had because I never want to lose it. I have it on my
1: phone in its own album so I can get to it whenever I need to.
0: And it's... I have one version that's, like, nice and crisp, but there's one that's so fucking crunchy <laughs> that really adds a lovely patina to the, yeah. the general mood around like, it. Like, you really all
1: need to understand, this is from 2011.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's no reason for it to look like dog shit, mm-hmm. but... Um, <laughs> but this, but this, back to this email. Yeah, this very this important email.
1: Email. We can't talk
0: about Mikey Way just yet. All right, not we yet. can't talk about Mikey Way again.
1: <laughs> but it is under the heading "A Homeboy's Life" from Pete's now defunct blog. So we naturally freaked out.
0: Yeah, and it is another analog moment where it looks like it was typed on Word, mm-hmm. Microsoft Office 2003 Windows yep. XP shit, um <laughs> printed out, and then like scanned. Yeah. Uh, Are we going to read out the whole uh, email? Yeah, let's read it out. Yeah, so the body of the text uh, of this scanned flyer Mm -hmm. (laughs) that Pete has emailed us, direct warfare sent to our email inboxes, Mm -hmm. says, January 1st, 2023, the slow and steady press of thumbs to tiny glass, the phantom light of the year slipping away, the pull of stuck Christmas traffic twisting red and white like candy canes down the 405, Parentheses, bipolar, vortex, and all. You never know you were in the great thing, the perfect moment of wash around you. You never think you'd look back and be nostalgic for right now. For car rides that never seem to end, the way the world used to look in the 90s newscasts, or Cloroxing your groceries before you bring them in from the garage. To all the animals you see in the clouds and the faces you memorized in the tile of the shower in your childhood home, the paradolia and prints. Maybe we were never supposed to feel so much. Maybe we were never supposed to dream so much, but we did anyway. Placing items in my cart and continue shopping, but emotionally. You start to wonder if you have more good road behind you than ahead. Shake it off. Eyelashes frozen, almost reborn again in the cold mountain air. Buzzed off of the alpine glow. Sometimes I feel like a detective working on a bad beat for too many years, chasing old leads. Not ready to quit, but unable to solve the case. Just hoping I get more than a gold watch on my retirement day. Other times I think, what's the point of any of it? Crashing into another year. Is tomorrow a blank slate or a new puzzle solved with yesterday's mistakes? Here we are finishing another spin around the sun, a cosmic twirl, still trying to get free of everything we're supposed to be, but before the champagne's gone warm and flat, glitter to dust, squinted eyes at the New Year's sun, let's prime the engine and take it out for another magic trip. We spent the last year jamming ideas in a tiny room, can't wait to share them with you. P.S., P.W., J.T., and A.H. Colon, fallout boy. P.S. Thanks for always sticking around. Thanks for working the beat. Spoiler alert, we got more than a gold watch coming for you next year. Woof!
1: I genuinely, like, opened this email and read it and just, like, sat there and cried. Yeah. Like, (laughs) it's extremely classic, again, classic Pete Wentz blog entry.
0: And it feels very here to the
1: kids. Like, this is always how Pete has addressed the fans like very um like he he's like yeah but like also not the way that anyone would write a letter to someone that they know like it's like very lyrical how he writes mm-hmm. letters to fans and it's just like you know like i got this letter i was like okay like they're they've come back and it felt like oh they've come back like for me you know
0: yeah like
1: it was a great New Year's Day gift.
0: <laughs> and it like it reading this email, it felt like all the times when I was in high school, like obsessing over Pete's blog entries and the mm-hmm. lyrics to Fall Up Boy stuff and just like writing it down, printing it out, copying it any way that I possibly could in order to gain even sort of insight and gain like a, some like fantasmal amount of Pete's talent with words. Mm-hmm. All the time and being, I would have been so obsessed. Like this album, like this letter, would have been my personality for around a month. Oh yeah, in high school, oh. just wanting to be like this smart <laughs> with words and stuff. Oh, fully. So it felt very much like a homecoming. Almost it, like it, it sent me back to the time in my life where I was listening to Fall out Boy the most, and when like it was only up to Folio Dude that was still out, mm-hmm. but it felt. New in a way that wasn't like ring to fans. It felt mm-hmm. more like a hug than exactly. like beating a dead horse.
1: Yeah, it it didn't feel like okay, this is what everyone expects, so this is what we're gonna do. Because I don't think anyone did expect it because they're so not a nostalgia band. Like mm-hmm. they always, always are pushing forward and doing new stuff. Mm-hmm. So them doing something that like not that I've seen before, but that is like so clearly harkening back to like a different era. Of the band that we have already seen was, like, mm-hmm. unexpected in a weird way. For sure.
0: Especially because, like, when you look at what Mania looked like, we I think a lot of people... Like, you can still like the sound of Mania, for sure. Mm-hmm. But Mania was a phoning it in record. Yeah. Mania was like, we're Fall Boy. You know what we sound like. Here's mm-hmm. what we sound like. Here's an album. We're tired.
1: Yeah. And, like, to be Take clear, it. I love mania i am yeah like i love that album but to hear them all talk about the making of that record it does sound like they were not having a good time making it and Mm -hmm. like especially to hear joe talking about it like he fully says like i was checked out for that it is not the album that i wanted to make and i mean i just it i think it shows in how they were performing on that tour Mm -hmm. so like for sure I yeah I saw them on that
0: tour and that was that was a weird show that was Mm -hmm. the first time I'd ever seen Fall Out Boy that was yeah it was my first time ever seeing Fall Out Boy was then because something always happened Uh, similarly with My Chemical Romance Mm -hmm. something was always happening the day that Fall Out Boy or My Chem was playing in my area and Mm -hmm. I couldn't go yeah so
1: yeah and like I don't know I got that album at the right time for me to really receive it and hear it um, mm-hmm. and it was like what I needed at the time, but like, I don't know, it's, it's clear that it was not what they wanted to be doing. For sure. Um, and I think that this one was.
0: Yeah. Like everything with the lead up to this album, you were like, it felt like, oh, fallout boy, mm-hmm. Pete, Patrick, Joe and Andy, mm-hmm. that fallout boy, they're back. Yeah. Those four guys from Chicago, they're back. Mm-hmm. Not fallout boy. Well, they are fallout boy, but you know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Except exactly. felt more personal. Yeah. Personal, not tired. Mm-hmm. It felt exciting. And we're going to keep getting into more of the excitement. There's still so much more to talk about, but that'll lead it to the album.
1: Yeah. So on January 10th, uh, Ollie Sykes, the frontman of Bring Me the Horizon, posted a photo of a big, like, real-ass pink seashell that he got in the mail. Um, so again, this is, like, very physical, um, mm-hmm. with one of 13 written inside of it. And next to the shell was a letter, also under the Homeboy's Life letterhead, dated for January 18th. And the body of the letter read, Love from the Other Side. Uh, The next day, Fall Out Boy announced through their official channels that the lead single for their new album would be released at 10 a.m. on January 18th.
0: Which, again, Ollie (laughs) Sykes of everyone?
1: I didn't realize that they knew each other.
0: Or they had such a storied friendship that Ollie Sykes would be the mouthpiece for this. Information. Yeah, and
1: like I know that he is on this tour but like, I don't know, I think I just missed that, like, I think they've toured together before which Probably. seems like a weird choice, because like those are different sounding bands um, yeah like, they sound like they attract very different crowds
0: but, like, that's cool. Yeah. I, I, like, a, I like variety. Variety's the spice of life Exactly. You know? So On January 18th, the song dropped with the full video and another letter, which we're not going to get into the video just yet, but here Mm -hmm. is the body text of the letter from January 18th. This one's much shorter this time. Don't worry. Yeah. Uh, It says, in quotations, time is luck, dot, 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 end quotes. Mm -hmm. Finish another tour. You reflect, but not like a gem in the sun, more like a year-long stare into yourself in a mirror in another airplane bathroom. Sometimes you got to blow up everything you were and put the pieces back together in a new shape. The same, but different. The foundation dynamited and the dust used to create the concrete pour. I have a tendency to get a little side whenever I think about anything, but I also fear pure joy when I think that I exist at the same time as whales or that bread that happens to rise at a certain temperature and that we happen to be spinning on this little blue rock at the exact same time together. So much, parentheses, for Stardust. P.S., P.W., J.T., and Andy Hurley, fallout boy.
1: Yeah. I didn't I had not looked at this letter since listening to the album and just realized that like they included lyrics in this one too. time is luck comes in on Mm -hmm. uh, the spoken word part, uh, baby annihilation. And uh, I think that the blowing up everything that you were also references Mm -hmm. uh, I am my own muse. Like they really just like, oh, yeah, they're seeding Mm -hmm. it for us. Like, I really appreciate it.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. I'm eating a weird flavored Skittle.
1: Um, So this was... No problem. (laughs) Uh, So this was also the announcement of the new album, the title, the album art, and the reveal that they uh, were out of contract with Island Records and... Back on Fueled by Ramen. Back on Fueled by Ramen era. And being produced by Neil Avron for the first time since Fully Adieu. We're back in action, baby. Fucking Return of the King. Like...
0: Aragorn has taken out the mantle. That was our guy. The shards of Narsil have been reforged into Andoril. Like, let's fucking go, baby. We're going to take the Battle of Minas Tirith, Pelennor Field's shit. Like, let's fucking
1: go. And I was ready to go. Like, we'll get into this like a little bit more in the second half. But this song dropped at 10 a.m. on a day that I was at work. <laughs> so I set an alarm. I was like, hey, everyone, I'm taking my 15 right now. I'm going to go sit on the loading dock outside with my headphones. Uh I will see you when I see you.
0: <laughs> and everyone understood.
1: Everyone was like, "Yeah, cool." I came back a different person mm-hmm. and I had also already pre-ordered the album <laughs> because they dropped it all at the same time. <laughs> they're like they're like, "How how was it? Are you okay?" I'm like, "I just spent $60 nobody talked to me. Th- that's my entire workday <laughs> like-
0: <laughs> spent."
1: Yeah. <laughs> Because I ordered that, like the album bundle yeah. and shit. So, um, so the release mm-hmm.
0: of this song was accompanied by a performance on Jimmy Kimmel, one of uh, one of the various Jimmys in the Jimmy Cinematic Universe of American talk show host personalities, which featured Pete mm-hmm. wearing a wig of his 2000s era hair, which was the dyed black with side swept bangs, being followed by an mm-hmm. army of lookalikes, and one of the actresses from the uh, Love from the Other Side video was also in the front row of the crowd, which is very cool. Yeah, it mm-hmm. was. Uh... It was very yes. neat. It was very fun. Uh, it was all, again, mm-hmm. the machinations, the orchestrations, all of that. And mm-hmm. then also around this time, Fall Out Boy started doing dead drops for song title reveals, posting coordinates to their Twitter account accompanied by photos of parcels featuring their new logo, which again is the yin-yang upside down smiling face. And this is how we received news of the second single, Heartbreak Feels So Good, which was to be released a week after the first single on January 25th. Also accompanied by a music video and performance on Jimmy Kimmel. I think it's because Jimmy Ki- J- uh, Jimmy Kimmel's local. <laughs> so they're just like hanging out with Jimmy Kimmel.
1: I know. I was like, why did they do that? So the, for the first two songs, they did Jimmy Kimmel. And then for the one that just came out, they did Jimmy Fallon. And I want to know if there was some kind of falling yeah, out.
0: Yeah, like why couldn't we make it a hat trick with Jimmy Kimmel? Yeah, I don't know. Jimmy pissed Maybe them off. Maybe so. Who's to say? Maybe they had a scheduling conflict. Maybe? We just don't know
1: how Hollywood works. Maybe. I have no idea. They were just... Someone booked the wrong Jimmy by accident. I don't <laughs> it's know. so
0: easy to confuse them. There's too
1: fucking many. It's stupid that they're both named Jimmy. Yeah. Like, I think one of them should have to go by James. And I also
0: think that one of them... Like, they both can't be in LA. One of them, like, has to be in New York. One of them has to be in LA. But both of them are in LA. So, what's us deal with yeah. that one? Very confusing.
1: It's it's bullshit. Jimmy... Jimmy tangent aside. Um. Very... <laughs> very notably... Uh, lead guitarist, Joe Troman was not in the first video, though he did make a brief appearance at the very end of the second video on January 18th, the day of the first single release, uh, Joe had posted a letter to his Instagram, uh, which read Neil Young once howled that it's better to burn out than to fade away. But I can tell you unequivocally that burning out is dreadful without divulging all the details. I must disclose that my mental health has been rapidly deteriorated over the past several years. So to avoid fading away and never returning, I will be taking a break from work, which which regrettably includes stepping away from Fallout Boy for a spell. It pains me to make this decision, especially when we are releasing a new album that fills me with great pride, the sin I'm most proud of. So the question remains, will I return to the fold? Absolutely, 100%. In the meantime, I must recover, which means putting myself and my mental health first. Thank you to everyone, including my bandmates and family, for understanding and respecting this difficult but necessary decision. Smell you sooner than later, Joe
0: Truman. And this was also in the same font and, like, typeface and everything and formatting as the uh, Homeboy's Life letters that were sent out.
1: Uh, Mikey Way moment. Mikey Way moment. Mikey commented. (laughs) Mikey (laughs) Way moment. Mikey commented love you, man, with a little heart emoji on this post. So did Tucker Rule from Thursday and L.S. Mm-hmm. Dunes. In Joe's memoir, he does mention that when they were on Warp Tour, Fallout Boy became, like, quite close friends with uh, My Chemical Romance and says, like, especially Gerard and Mikey, that they're some of, like, the sweetest people in the entire exactly. world. So Jersey hospitality. That makes sense. Exactly. I I just, I really like that that, like, friendship and support system still
0: exists. For sure. And it wasn't just, like, a time capsule moment that we all, like, return back to when talking about, like, Warp Tour 2005 that it's like yeah it's it's still continuing today
1: yeah he mentions in his book like how grateful he is still to this day to my chem because on war tour 2004 or 5 i believe he had to miss a date of the tour because a friend back home in chicago passed away Mm -hmm. and he had to fly home for the funeral and ray toro from my chem stepped in to play his guitar parts so that fallout boy didn't have to miss a date Mm -hmm. and it was incredibly last minute, and he says that Ray was doing it basically from, like, sight-reading the sheet music, like, during the performance, and said that he still put on, like, this incredible show, because Ray is, like, the guitarist of all time.
0: Ray Toro is the unsung greatest guitarist of our generation. Yeah, genuinely. Very like, genuinely. It's That's not me being facetious unbelievable. or, like, being whatever about a Mike Outworth number on the Fall Boy-based episode, but, like... Ray Turo, guitar yeah, guys. this isn't,
1: this isn't even like, oh, well, like, we just really like my chem. So no, no, no if no. he was in any band other than My Chemical Romance, he would be acknowledged as like this generation's like Carlos Santana. Yeah. Like, that is how people would be talking about him. No one is doing what he's doing. Exactly. Um, and he used that skill and that talent to step in for Joe and to support his friends in Fall Out Boy. Mm-hmm. And like that support exists to this day, um, which is really lovely to see
0: emo dads exactly
1: on the same day that heartbreak feels so good the second single was released uh fallout boy played a show at the metro chicago a venue they played for the first time 21 years ago in september 2002 hey chris was present for that first show and he live streamed part of this one for instagram
0: and there's something like really beautiful about that not even just little, yeah oh my god, just, like, the Hey Chris drama of it all being like, wow, there's such beauty in, like, the storied, like, past and history of Fall Out Boy that, like, damn. hmm You know?
1: Exactly. Like, it's so easy to mythologize all of these bands because, like, they, at, like, after being around for so long and after talking and writing the way that they do, like, they have such narratives crafted around them. And it's very rare in real life that you get to see like a narrative have any kind of symmetry that is as satisfying as this as Hey Chris, recording the first show on a camcorder, and then recording the most recent show on his phone, like with everything that had happened in between those, those two shows, like it's like, I don't know everything about fallout boy in this album is just like something special
0: for sure like it's like so special that i can't even begin to put it into words like off the cuff on a podcast
1: it's just like if you if you get it you get it and i feel like our audience probably
0: does for sure we trust you guys yeah um so at this metro chicago show that happened uh p explained some of the meaning behind the pink seashell the baseball and the yin yang smiley frowny face thing with quote. So we have uh our new record. It's called So Much for Stardust and um we it's conceptually kind of based around these two halves, right? Like the smiley the smiley face and the idea is that um there's like this Ethan Hawk quote and uh reality bites where he's just basically like, you know, my parents got divorced I never got to know my dad and then one day he was dying of cancer and he gave me this pink seashell and he's like, Son, the answer are all, all the answers are all in this and he's like, Well the shell's empty so no real point to any of this. It's kinda like this nihilistic side where he's like, I could just you know show you just what to do whatever because none of it fucking matters and uh, so there so that's half the record and the other half the record these are two movies you should see uh reality bites and field of dreams is the other one crowd cheer whether you question mark on that one um baseball in the 90s or like these, uh, yeah, these movies, but um, in Field of Dreams, Kevin, Costner, Kevin Costner's like, well, I never even got to know my dad until he was an old man, and he never did one crazy thing in his life, and so I'm going to do something fucking crazy, and it's about breaking out of that feeling of nihilism, you, you know, you go to a field in the middle of nowhere in Iowa, and when nobody believes you, you know... And the point of it is kind of like our band is a case study for when you put a lot of fucking heart into something and you can play Wrigley Field and you can play with your heroes, the crowd cheers and fucking anywhere. You could fucking do it. I don't know. I do it. I don't mean that you can do it. You can fucking do it. (laughs) I
1: love how Pete talks.
0: I love how Pete (laughs) talks. It was like because I also talk like this. So it was very weird reading his like vocal tics and inflections on things being like hold on mm-hmm. I, am i th- putting these things in myself or is this just what pete was saying yeah
1: <laughs> no pete talks with a lot of ums and uhs i'm kind of obsessed with him being like oh what are two movies that have like really similar messages reality bites and field of dreams like uh, i think two movies that have probably never been uttered in the same sentence until
0: now and it's such a fucking like dude who grew up in like the 80s and 90s would say
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, But it's also, I don't know, it re- reminded me a lot of, like, me in university. Like, I need to make this essay fucking work. So I'm going to invent some connections oh, yeah. in, like, my 3 a.m. night before, like, manic episode that I'm having. And, like, it's gonna happen. And I would write it and the next day I'd be like, what the fuck was I talking about? That like, does
0: remind me. I don't, Hmm. What were your what connections? Mm-hmm. What connections were you making in your essays?
1: Oh my god. I wrote an essay about I can't remember what I was connecting it to, but it like it was about Had full boyfriend, like the pigeon dating yeah, sim. You
0: would write that in college. And
1: it was for my gender studies class. You were right to do that. And and I don't remember
0: why I decided to write about that. I remember you writing this.
1: Yeah, I don't remember what the entire rest of the essay is about, and I do remember reading it the next day and thinking I can't, I, what was I talking about? But like, I don't have time to do anything else. So, like, I'm submitting this. And the next week, when they were handing back our papers, the TA fucking like takes a moment to be like, and the person who got the best grade this week on this paper is Chloe. And I was like, there's no way. There's not even a <laughs> single way in hell. The person who's sitting next to me watches me still having had a full boyfriend open on my laptop. I have not been paying attention today. <laughs> This person's been watching me play a fucking pigeon dating sim, and then our prof is like, Shout out to Chloe, who did the best work this week, and I just know that they hated me. Yeah. And I was like, There's, you can't reward me for this. You can't reward me for that behavior. They shouldn't have.
0: I think one of the craziest ones I had in college, in terms of like the intertextuality and like connecting things that shouldn't be connected. Uh, was Final Fantasy VII and, like, Roman mythology, which is a hard one to do in a game that is heavily based on, like, a mystical form of Judaism that is, like, so ancient that no one really practices it except for a very specific sect of Jewish people. Mm-hmm. But I was like, no, we're going to talk about? Romans.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And, like, Lucretia.
1: <laughs> you did eventually write the, like, Sephiroth is Jewish and here's why essay. And I got
0: paid for that one. So yeah,
1: which was <laughs> fascinating to me as somebody who had never played a Final Fantasy and also isn't Jewish. Yeah. I was just like, I'm gonna have to take your word for everything in here, but like, I trust you.
0: One time, I wrote about witches in literature,
1: mm-hmm. Rose
0: Lalonde and the grimdark versions of fairy tales for the same essay.
1: Yeah, so, no, that like, makes perfect. I can I can see the vision mm-hmm. on that one. So
0: I we understand Pete. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> exactly. I it's very it's very bipolar person mm-hmm. or. ADHD person who for a while was di- diagnosed Oh yeah, bipolar. this
0: is like real war. They've, I've had undiagnosed ADHD my entire fucking life, and then when I was sixteen, they were like, "No, what you don't have ADHD. know what you do have type two bipolar disorder." know what we're gonna do? We're gonna put you on mm-hmm. a shit ton of medication that doesn't actually do shit for you, but we refuse to listen to your things about having ADHD." So I was treated like I had bipolar for like six or seven years of my life, and then my therapist realized mm-hmm. that she fucked up really bad. When I was like, yeah, twenty two, twenty three, they're like, oh, you've had ADHD this entire time, so you know, mm-hmm. not really bipolar, but had the lived experience.
1: Yeah, no, there is enough comorbidity between those two things and enough overlapping whatever's that. Yeah. Like, I I think that the Pete Wentz experience of being a bipolar man can apply to both me as a bipolar person in university and you as an ADHD person in university, for sure. Like. It's, Mania it's and hyperfixation
0: the are just the opposite sides of the exact same thing. Exactly. So. Speaking of
1: mental health, uh, and Pete also <laughs> at this show said that he was proud of Joe for taking the time that he needed and for breaking the stigma surrounding discussing mental health issues. I think
0: it's so funny that Pete says this about Joe, specifically breaking the stigma around <laughs> I mental know. health issues. When Pete Wentz famously has only ever talked about having bipolar disorder. Yeah. That is kind um, of like the hallmark <laughs> and trademark of Pete Wentz lyrics is, I'm having a breakdown. I'm yeah, crazy.
1: This is like the thing people know about him.
0: <laughs> Prescription medication for my <laughs> mental illnesses. That's yeah, Pete was like, says but Joe did it. <laughs> Joe broke
1: this thing. Joe did it. Yeah, which uh, helped. Joe of also. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, Joe was also diagnosed with bipolar disorder, like just prior to this album cycle.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Patrick also was diagnosed with ADHD and has been talking about it a lot during this like whole interview cycle.
0: I love. We need to find out if Andy also has ADHD. We need to have. Andy life.
1: has. I <laughs> am convinced that Andy has either something that I've never heard of, or that he's got nothing at all. He's just like the most, like when people say neurotypical, like this is what they're talking about. Yeah, like just a guy who is like
0: he has a shit exact
1: together. like factory settings like this is how it's supposed to work and it doesn't for anybody but it does for him
0: <laughs> and that's why he's integral to fallout boy because he has to be the one normal wheel on this yeah. on this car okay i just said
1: that um and then remembered that andy used to live on a vegan anarchist compound called fuck city so like maybe i have to take that back
0: <laughs> i was about to mention the the anachronistic uh vegan shit but i figured that you knew a little bit better than me
1: yeah I don't know. I mean, it's totally possible to do all that and not have a single thing going on in your brain. Mm -hmm. You're just really
0: good about caring about things. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't know. I just feel like that level of like giving a shit about stuff usually comes with like at least depression. Yeah. You know? Because
0: your empathy is like (laughs) off the charts for that shit. But Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. anyway, that's all to say. Joe was taking some time off this album cycle, but despite him doing this... The band has made sure that he's still included in many of the things like to remind people like, hey, Joe's just taking a break. He's still in the band. He's a member of Fall mm-hmm. Boy. Um, they mentioned him in the first video where he was turned into a raccoon. And the setting of that music video is called Winnet- Winnetka Land?
1: Winnetka yeah. Land? Winnetka Land.
0: Winnetka. Winnetka Land. Winnetka Land. Sorry, I'm not from Yeah. Illinois. So his name for there's a Winnetka
1: in Georgia as well.
0: No shit. Yeah,
1: because I showed this to my mom and she was like, "Winnetka, Georgia." I thought they were from Chicago, and I was like, "It's Winnetka, Chicago."
0: Oh, I thought Winnetka Land was like the official full name of this place, not a fantasy version of. (laughs) Oh no! Okay, Winnetka Uh, makes a lot more sense than me saying that one than what I was attempting uh... to do. Okay. I it's understand. the neighborhood that no.
1: Joe grew up in. There we go.
0: And then they also include him in the second when they FaceTime him at the end. And their performances on Jimmy Kimmel did not include a standing guitarist. Instead, just using a backing track of Joe's parts. And during the interviews, they left space for him on the couch. Oh, my God. I know. It's so sweet. And then Joe also received the final seashell, revealing the song title, Hold Me Like a Grudge. The band uh, was continuing
1: to tweet coordinates and photos of parcels, like, all over the world. Uh, Leading up to the full track list reveal on March 3rd. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we got Love from the Other Side on January 20th. Or on January 10th. Heartbreak Feels So Good on January 20th. Hold Me Like a Grudge was March 2nd. And that was three of 13. That's the one that Joe got in the mail. Fake Out on February 6th. Heaven, Iowa on February 3rd. Uh, So Good Right Now on February 24th. The Pink Seashell featuring Ethan Hawke on March 3rd. I am my own muse. We got on January twenty eighth. Flu game on January twenty fifth. Baby annihilation on March third. When the entire list was revealed, uh, the Kintsugi kid on March third. What a time to be alive on February sixth. And so much for stardust. Also on March third, when they revealed the full track list.
0: Mm-hmm. And it should also be noted that the track list was leaked. So in some meta- metadata hacking thing, someone was able to find the track listing and released it publicly Mm -hmm. i did not look at the at the list because i wanted to be surprised and be a part of pizza games yeah me too (laughs) but to know i was like
1: until some random person in berlin reveals what this song is called i'm not gonna know it
0: exactly uh and then there the full track list reveal was again a homeboy's life in the same format as the previous other letters that have been official. Mm-hmm. And then on March 14th, they announced a third music video. So we're getting a shit ton of music videos. I feel like this is the most music yeah. videos we've gotten out of Fall Boy in a good long while.
1: Yeah, since uh, Save Rock and Roll where they did a video for every single song.
0: Yeah. Uh, so the third music video was for Hold Me Like a Grudge, which would be released on the album release day. It was also announced that the band would be collaborating with indie record stores throughout the United States, Europe, and Australia to host listening parties ahead of the album's release. The parties would be on March 16th. I was planning to go to one. Uh there was one mm-hmm. in a city right next to mine. I'm sure it's undisclosed. I'm sure you can figure out which one it is if you know anything about me. <laughs> but like I was going to go to it and then completely lost track of time and like they were saying, "Oh, get there really early. The parties would happen at 7:30 at that location. And I mm-hmm. was like, I, w- I would have to get there at like three. And then by yeah. the time three passed and it had turned to like, I blinked and suddenly became from, like, there's no way I'm getting this listening party. There's like, no way it's yeah. happening. So there was a plan for me to go, did not attend. And mm-hmm. the thought does count. The thought counts, exactly. So, with the party that I was unable to attend to, but leading up to the album release, the band started posting teasers for each song accompanied by movie posters. And as we all know, Pete fucking. Loves movies. Patrick fucking loves movies. Fall Out Boy loves movies. It is mm-hmm. so deeply ingrained in the ethos of this band that, like, film is a major factor, um, and how they yeah. approach music, how they approach lyrics, how they approach like their entire aesthetic value and direction as a band. Mm-hmm. So, holding like a grudge was uh, Escape from New York. Fake Out was The Lost Boys. I am my own muse is Amadeus. The Kinsuji Kid is Neverending Story heaven iowa obviously has to be field of dreams so good Mm -hmm. right near uh right near no so good right now is akira flu game is flight of the navigator baby annihilation is battle royale what a Time to Be Alive is Mad Max and so much for Stardust is Dark City. Honestly, here's the thing. If we ever do like a fun little Patreon moment eventually down the line and we want to do like mm-hmm. movie night with So We Might Fell Apart and we watch all the movies that like Pete references in this album, let us know if you're interested oh, yeah. in that. Like we're down to clown. If we want to do a watch along, if you want to hear us talk about movies and stuff like that, let us know if you're interested in that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. There's a shout out on that one. Cause I think that would be fun. It would be
1: like the Pete Wentz cinematic universe, <laughs> but literal cinema. Yeah. Like real ass movies. Yeah. And then on March
0: 24th, the album dropped. And that's where we're going to take our first break for this episode. Mm-hmm. Hey, fellow emo kids, this is podcast editing Ria here to tell you this is actually the end of this episode and not an ad break. So turns out we had a lot to say about the new album itself so much that we ended up recording two and a half hours worth of raw audio over the course of two days. So we ultimately felt it was more reasonable to split the So Much for starters episode into two chunks. The second half of our mini new FOB album series will probably be posted on Friday, March 31st or Saturday, April 1st. Haven't decided yet, but you will definitely not have to wait two weeks to get more more of our thoughts, feelings, and emotions on the new album. In the meantime, give so much for as to listen because um it fucking slaps, and I'm confused as to why you would be listening to these episodes if you haven't listened to the album yet, or, you know what, if you just love our dazzling personalities that much, I don't blame you either. So before I head out, I just want to say, if you like what we do here at So emo I Fell Apart, please consider leaving us a review on your podcatcher of choice if it allows for that. If it doesn't allow for that, make sure to subscribe or follow us on that podcatcher app of choice and um because it does all like the algorithmy like boosting stuff i guess i don't know we want to have more listeners and if you enjoyed the episode you know share it with a friend or something uh and also give us a follow on twitter at SoemoPod where we let you know when new episodes go live post content discussing episodes and also make some goofs and we love to hear your thoughts on what we do here on the pod so either add us or or use so hashtag so emo pod and we'll chat with y'all. So, without further ado, we'd like to thank Moodshot Podcast Network for powering this podcast. And we'd love it if you checked out some of the other podcasts on the network too. So, see y'all soon. Bye. Kung Fu Grip. Kung Fu Grip. As so, you can see I had to use my uh, judo on Gerard. Yeah, I see that. Gerard's actually gone to pieces here during this interview. Sometimes it happens. I just well, got so emo, I fell apart.
1: That's what actually happened. You got that sad? Yes. lights. <laughs> Camera. ADAPTATIONS! Ever watched your favorite book become a movie and said, huh, well that certainly was a weird decision? Of course you have. Hollywood is constantly making changes for their adaptations and this podcast aims to answer the question of why. Join host Emma Shannon and a different guest every month on Unnatural Selection, a new Moonshot Network podcast, as they talk about a film, its source material, and what makes an adaptation good faithful, and less commonly good and faithful. Check out episode one, coming to a podcatcher near you on February 15th.